Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. A look at the politics of the Right to Try bill, a state-of-the-art review on preventing cardiovascular disease in diabetes, and the benefits of the FDA's expedited review programs. Welcome to This Week in Managed Care. I'm Laura Jost. Last week, the so-called Right to Try Act of 2017 authorizing the use of unapproved medical products by patients with a terminal illness, unanimously passed the Senate. The bill still has to pass the House and be signed into law by President Donald Trump, but already there is opposition and doubt on whether or not the bill will actually improve patient access to drugs in development. The FDA already has the Expanded Access Program, and its biggest stumbling block to promoting patient access has been the high rate at which drug companies turn down applications for the drugs. The American Society of Clinical Oncology has also voiced its concern. In a position statement, ASCO's chief medical officer, Dr. Richard Shilsky, said, We don't support right-to-try legislation because these laws ignore key patient protections without actually improving patient access to investigational drugs outside of clinical trials. For more, visit AJMC.com. The FDA's efforts to expedite highly promising drugs to market have been successful so far, according to a study. New research has found that drugs approved through the FDA's expedited review programs offer larger health gains than those approved through the traditional process. The study measured health gains by quality-adjusted life years. The study results show that the FDA's expedited review programs appear to be addressing unmet clinical needs and improving current therapy options. The authors wrote, Expedited review programs offer the FDA greater discretion for hastening the delivery of highly promising and much-needed treatments to patients and for providing incentives for pharmaceutical innovation. Proving the likelihood of improved health outcomes of a treatment is increasingly important as payers start entering into more outcomes-based contracts. In an interview with the American Journal of Managed Care, Dr. Michael Sherman, the Chief Medical Officer of Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare, explained the benefits of entering into performance-based risk-sharing arrangements. I think there are benefits that accrue to all stakeholders. For the health plan, it's not even just about saving money, it's about looking at the spend on pharmaceuticals and ensuring that the dollars are spent on therapeutics that actually do have a positive outcome and the impact that's desired. For the physicians, uh, there is a benefit because many of them are in outcomes-based agreements of various, uh, of various types. So having uh, drugs where the payment is aligned with respect to how they are paid is actually desirable for them. And then for the manufacturers, um, it actually is beneficial as well. In some cases, um, they may allow health plans to think about relaxing restrictions. If these are done in a way where the health plans aren't paying for treatment failures, it removes that as a, um, as a concern. After six years with the agency, Dr. Patrick Conway is leaving his position with CMS to join Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina. Conway is the current Deputy Administrator for Innovation and Quality at CMS, and he has taken a leading role in CMS's transition away from fee-for-service toward value-based payment models. He will start October 1st as the new President and CEO-elect at the insurance company. A review of recent evidence for the prevention of cardiovascular disease in diabetes determined a multifaceted approach gives patients the best chance. 
The review condenses guidelines from the American College of Cardiology, the American Diabetes Association, and the American Heart Association, and centers on the core elements of diabetes care, lifestyle management, and management of cardiovascular disease risk factors with therapy. The authors wrote that most patients benefit from a combination of diet, exercise, and medication. Taken together, these trials suggest that multifactorial interventions targeting several important risk factors simultaneously result in greater cardiovascular risk factor control and likely greater reduction in cardiovascular disease risk compared with single risk factor interventions. Finally, our coverage from last weekend's annual meeting of the American Association of Diabetes Educators is now online, including articles on state-level partnerships to bring education to people with diabetes, the creation of a new digital health learning network, and the rise of technology in diabetes management. Check out the full coverage at AJMC.com. For all of us at the Managed Markets News Network, I'm Laura Jost. Thanks for joining us.